And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Grandma Totem's Psychic Cookies. When your life is a mess, make sure to rest with the best. Previously on Cautious Optimism. The spirit wants to speak to your friends. We work together so that one day special people don't have to hide. Laying in the bed is another Evo, the same species as Liliana. She has these scars and stitched up marks all over her skull. And her horns have been removed. This woman has been imprisoned and experimented on her whole life. Liliana, they have another Evo there who claims she's your sister. Oh, I don't have a sister. I don't know if a psionic revolution is going to fit in to our to-do list. You find that the hired gun is scheduled to depart at 10 a.m. station time. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Cayenne Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine-foot-tall, four-armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Liliana. An Evo. I don't know if you know, but, like, I'm famous. A species capable of psionic power. We are going to be the best of friends. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. Liliana's following, but Mr. GM, for our psychic afflicted people, can we sense anything? Like, are we, like, just from being on this floor, is there anything going on? Psychically? Well. Psionically, I guess, not psychically. Make a psionic check. (laughs) Make an IQ test with a minus four. Okay. Okay. Fail by two. You you try to reach out with your uh, psionic powers, but all you can think of are cute puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, Kyan didn't roll anything successful either, so. Neither of you can sense anything. Liliana's just skipping along, just happy as can be. <laughs> Everybody make a perception check. A regular straight perception check. Even Joe and I? Even you guys. Or I guess Cayenne and I. Yeah. I rolled a four. Ooh. I, yeah, I rolled a five. I succeeded by seven. Success by two. I failed by one. I matched. I don't know what it is when I match. but You win on a tie. Okay. Okay, so everyone who succeeded, you notice with just your regular eyeballs... That there is a human 
hiding behind one of the crates who is watching you all get out of the elevator. Liliana waves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's a human behind that crate. And I point to it. As you point and as Liliana waves, he ducks down and tries to hide better. <laughs> hey, do you want a job on a ship? Because you sneak around like we do. <laughs> <laughs> he steps out from behind the crate. And in your minds, you hear, I know who you are. You're free to pass. Sorry. Thanks for hiding. Um. <laughs> uh, it's this way, everyone. As you guys follow Rico down the uh, <laughs> down the hallway and everything, after about 20 minutes of walking, you eventually make it to what would be like the happening area on one of the other floors for commerce and stores and shops and stuff. And in this place, that area is actually lit up and looks clean and lived in. And there are people walking around. You see a couple other armed guards as you enter this lit up area, but nobody bothers you. And Rico, you can see the hotel that served as the, well, it was the place that you met the spirit, kind of like their throne room or command center or whatever. Okay. So she's going to keep going towards the hotel. As you all walk into the hotel, there's guards in front of the hotel and they let you in. And as you walk in, you see a raised, kind of like a throne. The chair is very fancy and ornate, and it's on a, some kind of raised pedestal. And sitting on that throne is a Felonian, whose left arm and leg are lame. They're shriveled up and short and not formed properly. And she is generally extremely thin, as if she's wasting away. And she sits on the throne and she doesn't move. There are a couple other people of a variety of races in the room who are obviously her attendants or her guards or what have you. And as you walk in, you hear in your minds, Ah, will you finally come? Liliana. Um, and... Um, Kyan. Kyan. <laughs> she knew the name right away. <laughs> Bad GMing there, but yes. Liliana and Kyun, finally, finally, I'm so happy to meet you. Hi. Liliana just waves. It's happy. Kyan does an awkward, like, finger wave. Liliana doesn't actually know where she's waving because it was just a voice in her head. So she's just, like, spinning around in a circle, kind of waving at everybody in the room. <laughs> Liliana, your sister is eager to meet you. Oh, I don't have a sister. Oh, poor girl. Yeah, that must be really sad for her. You do. No, I don't. <laughs> Let's start with this family reunion. And all this is taking place in their head, right? It, all of you can hear it, though. It's in all of your head. Okay, because I wanted to say it's a pleasure to see you again, Highness, and give her a, an awkward bow. Again, we don't really bow here. <laughs> <laughs> Liliana sees that and she just kind of curtsies. Oh, no. No. Everybody stop, please. Yes, it is okay to see you as well, Hank. Spirit, before we get started with the reunions, can I ask you a question? You may. There was this character upstairs that was searching for one of our own, and I was wondering if you were familiar with them, and I will recount every detail I recall about the Grey Felonian. Yes, yes, that gentleman is working for Rico's former teacher. He was sent by the teacher to find Rico. He has something to discuss, some message 
from her teacher. He has been searching for her for some time. And I'm going to look at Rico quizzically. Rico's slightly hissing and her tail is flicking and she doesn't say anything. Again, Hank wants so much to reach out and comfort her, but he's learned his lesson. (laughs) I think we've got other things to be dealing with right now. Absolutely. The spirit levitates off of the chair and is floating just uh, six inches off the ground. And in your minds, you hear, follow me. And she glides down from the chair and starts to go up the spiral staircase off to the side of the room. And she leads you upstairs. And this whole building was originally a hotel. So when you get to the second floor, there's a long hallway with a lot of hotel rooms off to various sides. And she goes to one of them and opens the door. And inside, you find a large bed. And there's another Evo, which is the same species that Liliana is. She's a woman, middle-aged, laying in the bed. And she has a lot of scars and looks like she's been through medical procedures. She lays in the bed and she looks at you all. And when she makes eye contact with Liliana, she smiles. And you hear the voice of the spirit in your mind saying, Liliana, meet your sister. Oh, I don't have a sister, but hi. (laughs) The lady in the bed speaks regularly (laughs) with her mouth. (laughs) Liliana. It's so good to see you. I know you don't know me. I know you don't know me, but I am your sister. I really am your sister. It's good to see you, too. I have no idea who you are, but you're not my sister. Olinthia, what are (laughs) your parents' names? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Mom and dad. (laughs) Mom and dad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go ahead or in orbit with it. (laughs) Actually, that's probably how Liliana would think of it. The woman in the bed says, our parents, and then says their names. (laughs) (laughs) Had you, after I had been taken away, the state discovered my psionic powers, and they took me to a special school for people with psionic powers, and our parents were heartbroken, and they never saw me again. And so when they had you, I understand that they kept me a secret. They kept me a secret from everyone, I believe. They were ashamed. And speaking of me, made them sad. And they had you, and they made sure that your psionic powers were never discovered. They hid them, even from you, I believe. Liliana, like, visibly is just confused. (laughs) so she's gonna like turn and look back at like the captain and and hank and kai and everybody and be like i don't know who this lady is but i don't have a sister my name is sunaria and she begins to sing and it sounds a bit like when liliana sings for a split second it sounds terrible and then it sounds really really good and as she's singing You all see, although none of you would recognize, but you all see in your minds an image of Sunaria as a child with two adults, a man and a woman, and Liliana would recognize them as her parents. And the song ends and that image fades from your minds. How did you do that? She smiles. Similar to what you do, I believe. No, 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 I don't do that. How do you know what my parents look like? 
Have you been following me? Oh my gosh, you're a fan, aren't you? That's what's going on. You know, I, I would have given you an autograph if you had just said. Hank's going to put a hand on Liliana's shoulder and turn her slightly to look at him and gently shake his head in a, in a reaffirming manner and just look at her. How could she have these memories if, if these things weren't true, Liliana? How does she even put memories in her heads? Practice. No, I don't have a sister. At this point, Liliana just kind of turns and like walks out the door again. So those of you who are still in the room see Scenaria, the woman in the bed, just kind of deflate and her facial expression looks really sad. Scenaria, the way that Liliana keeps saying that she doesn't have a sister, could there be some sort of psychic block or something that someone could have put on her where if she is ever told or thinks that she might have a sister that it convinces her that she doesn't? Is that a thing that could happen? Maybe. Our parents were gifted and they had hid it their whole lives. It's possible that they put something in her mind to help shield her, to make sure she never admitted any of these things so she wouldn't be discovered. But I don't know for certain. Do you know if there's a way to reverse or remove such a block? She looks at the spirit and you hear the spirit's voice in all of your minds say, Perhaps, but she would have to consent to letting me into her mind to look. Kyan, you as a medical professional, I think perhaps you should go check on Liliana and see if you can help her understand what may be going on here. Yeah, I was waiting for a break in the conversation to suggest that I would go. I took one, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. Um, <laughs> that I would go out and do some psychology. Well, yeah, and when he walks outside, Liliana is just, like, sitting on the floor up against a wall, just sobbing. So, Kyan's going to sit down next to her, which is a little bit of a feat, because he's got farther down to go to, <laughs> than a lot of people. And he says, hey, how's it How's it going? She just immediately curls up in you, just sobbing. He puts two of his arms around her. This is a lot of heavy stuff, huh? I don't have a sister. I don't know who she is, but I don't have a sister. I understand that this is a lot. I know I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and I'm not even being told that I have a long lost sibling, but could there be maybe some possible truth to it? No, no, there's no truth to it. I, I do not have a sister and I don't know why everyone keeps saying all this stuff about psionic stuff. I just sing. That's all I do. And I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Kyan thinks that Part of this is like her entire identity is being like voided, I guess. <laughs> like everything about her that makes her her is being questioned. So Kyan would have much better things to say than Show does. <laughs> but he's going to talk to her about how sometimes when our core identity is challenged, we tend to fight back against it without taking a second to maybe giving it an opportunity to review the facts and make a unbiased decision. And so he is suggesting to her that instead of fighting against it, because everybody seems to be intent on telling her these two things, that maybe she should look at the facts and see if there's more information that she can gather. Because even if it's not true, that would mean that these people have a reason to be lying to her which is also important information. So 
He's suggesting that she not fight against it blindly, maybe kind of consider the facts to see if she can figure out what's going on. And he's going to promise to help her do that. Make a psychology roll. That's a 12, so it's a success by two. So, Alencia, all the stuff he said was real good. It was real good. Good job, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so she's still, like, just sobbing, but it's it's slowing down some. And she just kind of pauses there for a second. And Todd, so Liliana has photographic memory. Can she think back through her childhood and think if there is any sign of anything like anything that she remembers that is like, huh? Yeah, I think that Liliana probably went through her parents' things one day when her parents were out of the house. <laughs> Sounds about right. And Liliana was just being up to stuff, shenanigans, and probably came across a old family album of pictures of her parents when they were younger than they are when Liliana was around and there with some other little girl that Liliana did not know who, who that was at the time. And there's kind of a lot of photos from this girl as a little baby up until she was about 10 years old. And Liliana probably thought, boy, that's weird. I'm going to go have candy. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember those now. Okay, so she kind of sniffs a little and sits up and thank you, Kyan. I I guess maybe I should hear her out. No problem. And I will be there the entire time as long as you want me there because we're kind of in this together because okay. I, I don't know what's going on with me either. So, okay. All right. Let's go back in. Will you hold my hand? And she reaches out and doesn't have any idea which hand to grab. <laughs> <laughs> he offers the most convenient one. <laughs> okay, we walk back in. Okay, so while they were out in the hallway, you guys who stayed in the room, a little human girl came in with a plate full of cookies <laughs> and uh, and offered them to everybody. And the spirit declined, but Sonaria took some cookies. And you guys can as well if you want to. Yeah, I'm not going to pass up a cookie. <laughs> Rico sniffs at them a little bit suspiciously. Um, if they seem like they're just cookies, she will take one. They seem safe. You don't detect <laughs> any drugs or anything on them. That would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, cats are very suspicious. That's the one currently living in my wardrobe. Uh. <laughs> sure, sure. So as you guys walk back in the room, you see your friends and everybody munching on cookies. <laughs> oh, I want a cookie. The little girl with the plate of cookies is left. Oh. <laughs> I hold out the second one I took and offer it to her. Oh, thank you. It's got one little grease smudge on it, though. <laughs> she kind of just looks at that and like, wrinkles her nose like, mm, okay. We need to get Hank some octagon soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Take a nap. laughs> when did Hank become Pigpen? Like, hold on. Yeah, I think you need a shower. Are you forgetting that right before this, he crawled through Jimmy tubes? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. Rico did, too. She's not covered in grease. That's because she already bathed herself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, Liliana is going to go ahead and take the cookie and maybe break off the part with the grease and, and start nibbling on it and kind of just 
like envision a little kid. She's just like walking up to her sister or Sunaria, who is saying that she is her sister. And she doesn't say anything. She just kind of sits down next to her. I'm glad you came back. Do you do you believe me? I don't know. These are good cookies. They're very they're 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 very good cookies. Did you get a cookie? Yes, I've 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 had the cookies. They're very good cookies. Liliana, our parents come from a line of uh, Felonian or of Evo. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I got a lot to keep track of. <laughs> come from a long line of Evo who have had psionic powers and they've had to hide them their whole lives and they always felt like they failed with me. They weren't careful enough. And so I was found out. And and with you, I think they went too far the other way and were maybe too careful. If we're siblings, I think our parents were kind of dumb because they literally put me in the spotlight. Well, I don't think that was their... Like, I don't know if you know being down here, but, like, I'm famous. Yes, I know. I know you're famous. I don't think that was our parents' plan. Do you remember them ever encouraging you to sing in public? Because I suspect they did the opposite. Well, no. Yeah. You have a tendency, I think, to do what you want. (laughs) She just nods. (laughs) (laughs) Which probably made our parents even more worried about you being discovered and try even harder to hide you and the truth from you. I think they sheltered you a lot more than they should have, maybe. She's just staring down at her cookie. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the psionic stuff is. I don't know why people don't like my singing in person. I don't know who you are, but this is a good cookie. The thing about our psionic powers is that They give us a lot of strength, but people who don't have them are scared of us. They don't understand us. They worry about us doing things that they can't control or stop. But if you learn to use your gifts, the spirit has taught me a lot. And I think she could teach you and your friend Kayun there as well how to harness your powers. and, And they could be a great help. So I think at this point, Liliana is just going to kind of start quietly singing to herself to, like, comfort herself. Given her powers, I imagine she probably did that a lot as a kid. (laughs) Sure. As you do that, Sunaria joins and sings along with you. And everybody in the room, including both of you, Liliana and Sunaria, you feel a sense of comfort and joy and warmth as you listen to the music. Okay, I don't... I don't know what's going on, but I'll listen. And she kind of just stands back up and walks over to Hank and offers him the part that had the grease on it. Hank pops it in his mouth. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Spirit floats over to Kayun. Floats over to Kayun. And Kayun, in your head, you hear her say, You also have powers. I sense you've come to your gifts very late in life unusually late. This must be very confusing for you. Extremely. Tell me, how did you come upon your powers? Several scientific accidents that were just wrong place at the right time. Fascinating. You weren't born gifted, but you became gifted. 
That's very interesting. Very interesting. Kyan doesn't like that. That very interesting bothers him. And all of you now hear in your heads, the spirits say, I would love it if Kayun and Liliana were to stay with us. I know you're both busy doing your own things, but would you consider spending some time here, a few days at least, and I could teach you. I could teach you how to use your powers. I could train you. You could learn more about what they are, what they're capable of. Liliana, I could possibly probe your mind if you're if you're into that, if you're okay with that. So look for any kind of psychic blocks that your parents may have placed on you. And I'm sure you can do much more with your powers and your song than you realize with some training, with some learning, if if that's something you would be interested in, the both of you. Liliana's just going to look at Kyan and kind of around the group. We've got a couple of things we need to do before, but if it's okay with the crew, I don't mind staying here for a couple of days to see what this is all about. Totally support it. Yeah, we can definitely have you guys available for that at about 11 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, maybe 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Kyan kind of smirks at that response because <laughs> he has a feeling it's going to take a lot more time than three hours, but that's okay. <laughs> that's just when the ship's supposed to leave at 10. The ship may still leave at 10. <laughs> that's fair. It's true. We may be running from the cops from 10 to 11.30, though. <laughs> it's important to put that in your schedule. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a separate line on the project plan. Got to plan ahead, yeah. Very well. You're welcome to return when you are able to. Liliana's going to run over and just give Sonaria a hug. Oh, Sonaria returns the hug. And then she walks back over with the rest of the group. Not saying anything, just, yeah. Still looking very dejected and downhearted, but... Well, with that, you guys are led back downstairs to the main area, and the spirit gestures to a Delonian who walks over to you, and this Delonian does not have any of the little cybernetic implants that all the others you've ever met have. And she looks up at you, because Delonians are very short, (laughs) and says with her regular mouth... (laughs) We have rooms for you across the street. If you want to stay here, I can show you to them now. I mean, why not? You follow the Delonian across the street into what looks like a, would have been a private residence kind of uh, structure. And it's got a couple of bedrooms and a living area and, you know, bathrooms and everything an apartment would have. And hands you a little key card and says, this is for Liliana and Kayun. And friends, I guess, whenever you're down here. Thanks. All right. And the little Delonian walks off and leaves you in the apartment. All right. Is everybody ready to plan this thing that's going to go perfectly well and there'll be no snafus or setbacks? What could possibly go wrong? Nothing's going to go wrong. I mean, when has anything ever gone wrong? Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Cautious Optimism. Lyle McCarns on Slack said, Can we get Rory's running list? Seems like it's eliminate the guild, free Matorb, help the psionics, find uncle, get paid, don't die. I think that covers most of it, Lyle. 
There was definitely some chemistry between Rory and Captain Johnson on the flyhard, so maybe add find love? Of course, while Rory may be looking for love, her player Kelly has found it. Check in on her and Todd's relationship status by listening to the latest episode of Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. When Todd's not co-hosting on Mating Habits, you can find him and Alinzia on their podcast, Nerdberg Review, and he's also on Farming Simulated with Bama. And of course, you can find Raven on her podcast, Girls Gone Wow, and me on my podcast, Geektitude. If you want to add to Rory's to-do list, you can contact us in a multitude of ways. You can chat with us in real time over on Slack. Find the geek to geek Media Slack by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek 2 And while you're there, you can also join the geek to geek Media Discord server. You can also follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP, on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll, or send us an email at podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back here next Friday, January 21st, with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's listen in on the crew as they plan this heist, right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. Liliana is just going to walk over and sit down on a bed or whatever and just kind of put her head in her hands. Uh, yes, I think we should probably get this uh, heist planned for sure. Hi, nods. All right. I forget, did we gather any information about the hired gun? So Johnny Lee had guessed at what the schematics would look like, but he was probably super wrong because he just took a smaller ship and imagined everything bigger. (laughs) So Hank had corrected his blueprints with Hank's knowledge of engineering and everything. So you basically have a rough blueprint of Hank's estimation of what the ship looks like on the inside. Okay, so I pulled that up so everybody can see it. I'm assuming using some sort of cool hologram. Did we need to get Johnny Lee for this? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's told us all he can tell us. Okay. We can radio back to the ship. I think having him here is going to be very much a, you know, he might bring his tambourine collection with him when we're trying to sneak in. (laughs) It's not going to be conducive to our stealth. Okay, so ideas. So from these plans, does anyone have an idea of where prisoners may be kept is there a brig or a place that would normally be like this is if you have anybody you got trying to hold here's where you put them and i'll point to the potential location on the blueprint because i don't know hank would (laughs) so yeah seems plausible enough to everybody all right todd you're gonna have to tell us what the ship looks like (laughs) i mean is this close to any exit doors 
Are there Jimmy tubes on this thing? Like, what are our sneaking options? Well, so there's two entrances to the ship. There's the cargo bay doors in the back of the ship, which are, you know, a giant ramp that descends and makes room for cargo to be loaded and unloaded. And there's also a smaller entrance near the front of the ship that is an airlock and is for people to pass in and out of the ship. You imagine an airlock very similar to yours. Either one probably requires a passcode or chip to enter and exit. Most of the ship is cargo space. There are also living quarters. There is a medical bay. There's the bridge. There's a a large engineering section. And the most likely place for valuables to be kept would be near the center of the ship, close to the captain's quarters. On your ship, This would be akin to where you guys have the false panels that you hide things in. Mm -hmm. You imagine there's probably something similar to that on the hired gun. Can I just check? Is rescuing the Batorba our only mission at this point? Was there something else we were supposed to be doing? Yeah, I feel like there was something else and I don't remember what it is. Pissing the guy off. Didn't he have some... Like, what was Johnny's reason? Because Johnny didn't care about the Batorba. Well, Johnny Lee's ship was destroyed and his crew killed when the hired gun, Captain Vitaldemar, sabotaged him. And so Johnny Lee kind of wants revenge on Toldemar for ruining his shipping business and ship. And he also was under the impression that there was some kind of treasure, valuable treasure on the ship that could be stolen and would not only piss off Toldemar, but then Johnny Lee could use that to purchase a new ship or something and get back on his feet. Okay, I have some thoughts. How's about we figure out some way to sneak in via cargo container, either by convincing Toldemar to take a shipment, or we could intercept a shipment. That's a way to get on there. Why don't we go back and ask Cordeline... If she can, like, tell us anything about it. I mean, I guess the spirit would probably align with us in terms of, like, rescuing a matorb. That kind of rescuing somebody, like a, a captured a person who's there against their will, um, might be something that the psionic people would be willing to help out with. But we don't know how they feel about the guild or this particular ship or whether they... You know, thievery. Well, yeah, exactly. Whether breaking in the ceiling shit for shits and giggles is uh, like a thing that they do. Now, call me crazy. Is it not possible we could just knock and ask for a tour from an engineering captain perspective? So this guy is like he's a guild person, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, maybe you could just go and introduce yourself as a like fellow guild captain. Like, oh yeah, it'd be good to you know make contact. Well, and part of Johnny Lee's reason for trying to do the heist was that the crew and captain and everything are on board the station right now so he imagines that the ship may not have anybody on board at the moment oh that's true i mean i guess they've left some kind of um garrison they've left somebody they've not just like put the key under the doormat and like (laughs) fucked off to the pub like we did yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey we left shipcom in charge yeah we have a shipcom now they might have a shipcom that's running windows 7 and johnny lee locked in a room (laughs) locked in a room yeah okay so there's two possibilities would there be any way to scan to see like what the kind of security arrangements could like ship kong hack the well what i could do rico yeah yeah hack the stations what i can do is i can dial in the short range scanners and maybe juice them from the long range scanners and see if we can get a scan of the ship it would seem to be useful to see what the security arrangements are get some idea yeah 
So I would like to try that. Shipcom. We're not on our ship. I thought we just got back to the ship. No. We're in the place across the street. Oh. But I imagine we can still communicate with Shipcom via our, like, we've all got, like, wristwatches and iPads and shit. That's true, yeah. I'll tap the side of my computer glasses, Shipcom. <laughs> beep, beep, boop. Can you, with my, or without my help, tie the long range and short range scanners together and do a biometric search of the hired gun? I believe so. One moment. Processing. 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 It's buffering. <laughs> I think you broke Shipcom. Processing. Hank, do we need to upgrade Shipcom? Does he need more memory? Like, what's going on here? Apparently, I'll pull out my little hologram keyboard and begin typing into the system to see where the hangup is. A lot of the ship's bandwidth is being used up for uh, streaming video. Somebody in sickbay is streaming a comedy television show. All right, and I will hack in and shut that down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Success by six. All right. The, <laughs> the feed goes silent and the rest of the bandwidth is now available. <laughs> you get on your little screen there a scan of the hired gun. The scan's not able to penetrate inside the ship enough to see the actual floor plan, but you're able to detect two life forms. One of the lifeform readings is extremely faint, and it is a Matorb. And there is also a human lifeform on board with strong life signs. I convey this information to the crew. Well, one human doesn't sound like too much trouble. Yeah, now I want to change the plan. I guess it depends how quickly they can call more humans. It's true. Yes, and we will have to be diligent about disabling everything as we get on board, and we're going to have to be quick about it. You bought some of your patented sleep juice, did you not, Cone? I did. We probably don't want this human to be able to identify us, especially if if we're not just leaving the station immediately. There's one person on there. Let's just sneak on the thing and hit him in the back of the head and save the Matorb and get the treasure and get out of there. All right, let's go. Do we need to be some kind of like disguised? Because we do want to stay on the station for a few days now. So it would be very bad if we were identified. To be fair, Rico, we are going to be hiding on a floor nobody knows about. Yeah, but we're not taking the ship with us. We don't want them to attack our ship. Does the maintenance crew on the space station have a particular uniform? Yeah. I mean, we could all go steal uniforms and cut two side armholes in a seven-foot one for Kyan and <laughs> and sneak on that way. I mean, no one's going to notice random people just working on the station. It might be that only like two people or whatever need to, or maybe even one person is the, needs to pose as a maintenance engineer. To get the person to come to the door, and then... Well, I can sew. Can you really? I have a sewing ability where I can create new clothes and costumes. In, like, I don't know, an hour? <laughs> I know. I don't know. That would be up to the GM. It would take a little time, probably more than you have, to make outfits for everybody. Okay. Well, we would just need outfits for one person who's pushing a crate full of the rest of us. You already have an engineer who carries his tools around anyway. He has coveralls. Yeah. All she needs is to make an official patch that looks like it belongs. Yeah. Yeah, I could alter it. Okay, yeah. I could just alter it to look like. So Hank strips down to his t-shirt and boxers and hands her his overalls. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> um, and yes, there are hearts and kittens on his boxers. Kittens! Aww. <laughs> okay. Do you have any of your sewing supplies with you right now, Liliana? 
Probably not. But Kyan probably has some stuff that he could use from like sutures and. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't be exactly the same, but he probably have some stuff. Yeah. And I'm still forgetting we're not on the ship. We're in the middle of <laughs> populated space station. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the apartment, so you're in our own little quarters. Yeah. Although Liliana probably is a little distracted by the fact that you're standing there in boxers. <laughs> So you're trying to uh, make his overalls look like official station garb. Yes. There's a whole derelict floor at our disposal. Surely there's an old uniform somewhere we could go rip the patches off. Yeah. And put them on on his thing. Maybe. Make a... Let's see. Who's making this roll? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Scavenging. I guess we could just do perception for... Looking around, trying to find something like that. We can also ask that there are people on the floor who live there. And how do we explain it? None of their business. They read our minds about it. Well, I mean, asking for a sewing kit (laughs) is not the most suspicious thing in the world. Well, yeah, but asking for patches for the official maintenance crew of the station. (laughs) Yeah, asking for the maintenance uniform, however. We've just all decided that we want a career change. I'm going to make a perception check. Let's see. Let's see how we do. I got to beat a 12. Oh, when I meet a 12. Exactly. Well, you win a tie. You win a tie. So what are you looking for? Like old uniforms that may have been stowed somewhere. Okay. Kayun goes out into the station and starts examining, rummaging around in the rubble. And it takes you about an hour. So it was probably 7.30. Well, probably 8 by the time we finished everything with the spirit. So now we're looking at 9 p.m., and at 9 p.m., Kayun, you overturn a pile of rubble in the uninhabited part of the station. And sadly, you find a skeleton of, you don't even know exactly what species because it's all smashed. Obviously, something fell on him and crushed him. But the skeleton is wearing a very dirty, messy, slightly torn maintenance worker's overalls. All right, well, he's going to, as respectfully as possible, take any patches off <laughs> of this uniform. Success. Easy, easy enough. Okay. All right, so in that hour, when we're working on our plan, I don't think it would be a bad idea if some members of our group go to where Toll Dorman is, and assuming the rest of the crew, and keep an eye on them, slash distract them, slash make sure that they're not just all coming back to the ship at the exact same time we're leaving it with all their stuff. That definitely sounds like a job for Liliana. And uh, Kyan has already been established as her bodyguard. That's true. Well, if you're doing it during the hour. Yeah, I just spent the last hour looking for stuff. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can come back with the stuff and then you guys can set out. I mean, we want to stab at the same time. Yeah, we're making the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I stitch the patches on and stuff and yeah. How long would it take me if I just have patches that I'm like stitching on to basically just altering his clothes? I mean, it would probably only take a few minutes, an inconsequential amount of time. Because I don't feel like you're doing professional quality, right? It's more of a makeshift. <sighs> oh, no. Yeah. Would you like me to roll for it, though? Sure. Because, I mean, I do have a stat. Let's for roll. It. Roll for sewing. I'm so excited. You gotta love this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lindsay has waited her entire life to get to this moment. Roll for sewing. <laughs> I succeed by one. All right. That would have really stunk if after I'm the one who suggested I roll for it. I 
<laughs> you stole them on upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, she is distracted by, you know, he's sitting there in boxers. She's like, ah. <laughs> You succeed. It's passable. Unless somebody looked super duper close, they would think it was legit. Okay. Then she's going to put her sunglasses back on and I guess, I don't know. What are we doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Captain Rory, what do you want me to do? Okay. So if we look at our whole group, if you and Kyan are in the same place as the uh, Toll Dor- Dorman, and his crew, and are watching him, keeping an eye on him, and then possibly distracting him if he starts to leave, then Hank and I can sneak onto the ship and do what we need to do. And then that might leave Rico to stand outside the ship, like she's looking at her computer pad or something, to let us know if anybody's coming, in case anybody is coming back to the ship that we've missed. One caveat to that could be that since we already have Shipcom and the the scanners dialed into the ship. Maybe he could keep us abreast of any changes, whether they be environmental or biological in the ship. Well, the idea of having Rico just standing outside the ship when somebody is looking for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, Rico, what do you want to do? Do you want to come in the ship with us? Do you want to go with the distractors? Uh, I think I might be more useful at your end, Captain. Okay. I mean, it might be that somewhere outside the ship that I could just hide. And we could always just use Shipcom to patch into the cameras in the airlock leading to the hired gun as well. I mean, that's fine with me. As opposed to leaving Rico out in the open. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, whichever y'all want to do. So the plan, Liliana and her bodyguard, Kyan, will keep a visual on the crew and captain for the hired gun. Rory and Hank will infiltrate the hired gun, take out the human, rescue the Matorb, find the treasure, and Rico's going to stay hidden in case something goes wrong on either end of this. And ship comes and monitor cameras. Classic split the party yes. mechanic. I always love it. <laughs> Rico starts rifling through her backpack, produces a hat, and puts a hat over her very distinctive blue mohawk. <laughs> all right. Liliana puts the sunglasses on, on Rico. <laughs> You're all a little bit surprised by this because you've never seen Rico in a hat before. <laughs> and Hank, looking around, just pops his collar and his overalls up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rico's disguised. And it sounds like we've got the plan, right? Correct. Yes. Yes, I think so. Now it's your job over the next two weeks to figure out where it can go wrong. (laughs) 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 And facilitate that in the most entertaining fashion possible. Next time on Cautious Optimism. Ooh, what is this game? I've, you play this. I've never, I've never played this before. Hey, mate, this is Steve with uh, Station Maintenance. We were dispatched out here to check out an issue with your your drives. Did you remember to bring the four sixteenth spanner? Um, the stylus. I was just, I was taking some notes here on my little tab, and I've uh, on my tablet, and I, I've dropped the stylus I was using. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. 
As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geekmediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 